Hey, welcome back to another creepy episode of Haunted Haze. I'm Josh. I'm Kristen. Yeah, this is episode seven. Yes, episode seven. I can't believe it already. Yep. So this one, it's a little creepy to be honest, and it has a lot to do with hell. So just a little forewarning, you might want to get out your sage, get out your, you know, crystals, whatever you do. But, you know, we already have the Palo Santo burning. Yeah, we burn a little Palo Santo ourselves. Yeah, we're talking uh, about some dark subject matter. Uh, So both of us uh, are are heavy metal fans. So we kind of came across a story about a heavy metal drummer that uh, recently had a near-death experience. Yeah, and he also had coronavirus, so that's kind of... Uh, Relevant. Yeah, Yeah. relevant, for sure. for sure. So so his story kind of... let us down this path. Uh, I'll kind of read a story and we'll talk more about it, I guess. But uh, a thrash metal drummer says he visited hell during a coronavirus-induced coma, and Satan wasn't as cool as he thought. <laughs> Will Carroll of the band Death Angel was comatose at the California Pacific Medical Center for two weeks in March after catching coronavirus on a European tour earlier that month. During that time, Carroll, 47, said he had disturbing dreams of visiting the afterlife. There, the devil, a woman in this case, punished him for deadly sins of sloth and turned him into a Jabba the Hutt-like monster (laughs) who vomited blood until he had a heart attack. When he opened his eyes on March 30th, there was tubes coming in and out of me and there was a nurse right there, Carol recalled. My My first words were, am I still in hell? She ignored me. For most of this time under and on the end of ventilator, Carol was in critical condition and came close to dying, doctors said. He still was near the limits of what we could do with our supportive care, and we were very worried about him, said Dr. George Horn. He wasn't getting worse, but if he were to get worse, there wasn't much more that we could have done. The Bay Area Rockers' near-death experience prompted him to make some big life changes. In an effort to be healthier, he said he's quitting Hard alcohol bomb rips, narrowing his substance use to the occasional hard cider and marijuana edibles. Okay. As for his faith, Carol said he now believes in a higher power and feels prayers from his family and friends helped him pull through. I'm still going to listen to satanic metal, and I still (laughs) love deicide and bands like that, Carol says. As far as my personal life and my experience on what I went through, I don't think Satan's quite as cool as I used to. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So, that story kind of made me think about near-death experiences and how you never really hear the hell side of it. It's always uh, a light at the end of the tunnel and seeing relatives. An angel guiding you up. Filling the room and, you know, And seeing loved ones, yeah. Yeah. So... Well, I have a little bit of stories about what people see in these hell near-death experiences. But first, a little palate cleanser. Okay. Kids say the damnedest things. Oh, kids say the damnedest things. Okay, so basically, my little sister once told my mom she was having a tea party with my deceased grandmother, who she never had a chance to meet. After my sister told my grandma her dress was beautiful, my mom asked her what the dress looked like, and my sister described a gray dress exactly like the one she was buried in. Ugh. 
God. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, like, how does she know? And also, that really makes me think hard about the outfit that I'm wearing whenever I die. <laughs> yeah, right? Choose wisely. Yeah. Well, kids say the nervous things. Absolutely. <laughs> so, let me tell you 15 terrifying visions of hell by survivors of near-death experiences. Okay, yeah. Okay, so this is basically a countdown of creepy things people see. All right, so no, no particular order, right? Just kind of a yeah. Well, I think it's visions. like uh, an order of most so, kind of common to most common. Okay, I got you. So number fifteen, forced to sleep, feeling like you're trapped inside of your dream, unable to wake back up, is a horrifically terrifying dream to have. For those of you who have had that nightmare, you can relate. It sucks, and anyone who remembers, remembers waking up in sweats, out of breath, gasping for air. The helplessness of not being able to wake up is so powerful. Imagine that sort of feeling coming over you when you're dying. Few survivors who have had near-death experiences say they were sent to hell and that they remember feeling extremely sleepy. They claim it was because they were being forced to close their eyes, losing the ability to remain conscious. Wow. Number 14 is an out-of-body experience. Many people who have had near-death experiences tell a story of when they were passing that they had an out-of-body experiences of sort. They tell how they could feel and see their very own spirit leave their body and begin to pull towards something. Some people tell stories of floating outside of their bodies, looking at themselves, laying there, while others have no others had near death experiences speak of peering around the room at doctors, nurses, friends and family members wow. standing around their bedside holding their hands, crying wow. as their spirit left their body. Number thirteen is unable to hang on to anything. Ooh. Some near-death experience survivors who have seen hell give descriptions of their spirits moving along, but with the inability to hang on or to hold on to anything. They move as though they're not people anymore. They move basically like they can go through walls and people and stuff. Like an apparition. Yeah, so they said no matter how hard they tried, they couldn't because they were powerless. Wow. They sensed an overwhelming force pulling them away no matter how badly they wanted to stay alive. The choice was no longer theirs. They were being dragged to their death, or to hell, rather. They liked it or not. Wow. Number 12 is a falling down in a spiral vortex. While dreaming falling downwards or off the top of your roof is a hair-raising experience, Neither is much fun and usually ends with the person getting their bell rung or the wind knocked out of them. Uh, a paper bag to help prevent hyperventilating, waking up in your night uh, from the night terror. Panicking, yeah. Yeah, falling down is one thing, but falling helplessly into a free fall is frightening to say to the least. That's what some near-death experience survivors who have seen hell claim to have happened to them on their journey back. They claim that they remember being inside a spiral vortex filled with darkness, falling to their inevitable demise. 11. The Gates of Hell in Extreme Heat Naturally, most everyone has heard a rendition of dying and then passing on. Getting to heaven and it being filled with angels, families, friends, even God himself can be found in the minds of many. 
Standing at the gates and being accepted by the Lord into the holiest place is how many of us dream ending our lives here on earth when all is said and done. Now flip that script and imagine for a second finding yourself at the gates of hell. Imagine standing there feeling your skin begin to burn with the extreme heat as the doors swing open, inviting yourselves in. Number 10. Skulls as far as the eye can see. Hearing stories about endless amounts of corpses, skeletons, and skulls from near-death experience survivors have seen who have seen hell are all rather common. Walking into the path of deep, dark pits of hell would be a traumatic experience for any person. Having that walk of your path littered with remains of other dead people everywhere is something I doubt any individual could ever forget. Yeah, really. Imagine that's why there's many near-death experience survivors who drastically change their life once they return. Yeah. Many decide to take the remedial day-to-day task as less serious and stop judging themselves and others so harshly. That sounds like something that would be easy to do after walking on top and alongside other dead corpses, skeletons, and skulls of the dead. Number nine, others who have died with no faces. Telling the story of how you died and have passed through the gates of hell would be scary story to tell around a campfire. We're guessing that you wouldn't be too popular in the group after you decided to tell them about your horrifying things you saw during your near-death experience to hell and back. Especially if you remember seeing what other people had, a significant part of their body was missing. Being in hell and seeing other damned souls wandering around without faces would be icing on top of the cake for many of us out there. For sure. Yeah, that's scary. (laughs) Number eight is an unable to speak and uncontrollable fear. Oh. Talking, yelling, and screaming are all ways in which we communicate vocally. The ability to communicate with those around us has been something that we've been learning how to do since we were in diapers. Thinking of what we want to say and how we want to say it is very important in our everyday life. It is how we show people we care that we're scared, or how we say I love you, and it is also how we ask for forgiveness. You'll find in stories from people who have passed on that the ret- and then returned that some of them were unable to speak. Some of them were claimed they were consumed with an uncontrollable fear. Well, all I could think of was you the whole time. <laughs> I was oh. like, that's Kristen's house. She loves to talk to people. Oh, my God. That <laughs> would be terrible. Yeah, you were just, yeah, that's your hell. I can't even imagine it. Oh. Number seven, intense rage and anger. Ooh. We've all been so pissed off that a family member or a friend has said you were so upset the other day you looked like you were going to explode into a ball of flames. With hell, it happens to have plenty of an intense heat, which means that plenty of burning, fiery flames to its all its residents. People who have died and been to hell and back tell how they experienced an intense sort of anger unlike any they've ever felt uh, taking hold of them. Wow. Rage consumed their bodies, their souls, as they dealt with their current surroundings by dealing with the only way they knew how to do, get mad as hell. The idea of sitting behind the devil, pissed off for eternity, makes even the unholiest of souls squirm. Yeah. Number six, a putrid, toxic smell. Oh, God. Our sense of smell is one of the strongest senses we have as a human. That's interesting. 
Our sense of smell triggers more memories in many people than any other sense we have. After returning from their near-death experience, those who have seen hell describe a putrid, toxic smell where the corpses lay rotting all over the landscape like dead fish along the shoreline of a lake. Most of us are sensitive to smell and could never forget being in a place like that. For sure. The smell of rotting flesh and the haunting moans of other banished souls around you. Number five, begging and pleading to return home. Many of Hell's near-death experience survivors speak of begging and pleading for their life and to return home. All of their pleading goes, goes unnoticed by the demons of Hell. Number four, screaming coming from everywhere. Can you imagine being surrounded by the torturous screams of Hell's occupants all around you at times? Nope. <laughs> a couple of near-death experience survivors tell of horrendous stories about where they heard when they died they were residing they heard when they died what was residing beyond hell's doors oh god what some of them say they heard shakes the very human spirit to its core and can only be described as nothing other than the continuous screams of the soul who have been banished to hell forever A few survivors claim they were always alone in hell, though they do tell stories about how they were able to hear the screams of others constantly. It felt to them as though the screams were others who were present in the air, everywhere, at all times. Wow. The isolation thing again. That's creepy. Number three, other damn souls of the dead. My mother used to tell me, if you want to roll with the pigs, you're going to get muddy. Okay. (laughs) That's good advice, I guess. Some survivors who have had near-death experiences to hell and back tell a story of seeing other people chained and linked together, slaving away for the devil himself, and being beaten by his demons. This is one of the places where each individual's story varies. Some survivors tell us tell of solitary confinement, while others give depictions of hell in this manner. A hell filled with souls slaving away and working their fingers to the bone for Lucifer himself. Oh, God. That's fucked up. That's the, that's the worst hell. That is the worst. Having to work. That's worse than the talking hell. Yeah, having to work in the afterlife, that's the worst hell Absolutely. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's hell on earth right now. <laughs> yeah. Number two, demons and torture. Mm. Monsters, ghosts, and demons are a scary topic of conversation for those of you out there. Even for those who are a bit braver, the topic isn't unfamiliar. We've all had nightmares or two in our life, and I would think that having those dreams filled with the most horrifying creatures you can ever think of has left many people sleepless for a night somewhere along their life. Mm. That's what makes the stories of actual being actually being alongside these creatures terrifying. Yeah. Survivors of hellish near-death experiences report being dragged, beaten, and tortured by Satan's most vicious monsters. And number one, a bright light. It's not your time. Okay. Number one on the list today is probably the most common story from people who have had near-death experiences. Most all of them tell the tale that at some point they saw a bright light of some sort telling them to hear voices bellow up 
saying it's not your time yet. You have yet to accomplish your true destiny. destiny. It sounds awe-inspiring, doesn't it? Yeah, my destiny. Yeah, for real. And then on just kind of the same story, I have a few celebrity near-death experiences just a couple names of celebrities that have also had experiences similar. Okay, okay. yeah. So. So Amelia Clark, you know Daenerys from yeah, Game of Thrones. Thrones. Yeah. Tracy Morgan. Okay. Travis Barker from Blink One Eighty Two. Yeah, he was in a plane crash. Yeah. Zach Efron. Okay. <laughs> Elizabeth Taylor. Wow. Jane Seymour. Wow. Ozzy Osbourne. <laughs> you know we love him. Ozzy for president. Yeah. Tony Bennett, Nikki Six, and Carl Young. They uh, all had near death experiences. That's crazy. It's uh, much more common, I guess, than you would think. Yeah, yeah. Near death experiences do seem, you know, they're in the news a lot, I guess. You know, uh, you do hear about them pretty frequently. Yeah. You know? I guess you probably, you, you might know somebody who's had a near death experience. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. They're definitely probably someone. I think what's the most freaky thing to me is whenever they were talking about just not being able to stay conscious, like you just feel that darkness, like pulling you to sleep or lose consciousness. Because you can kind of, I mean, unfortunately, if you've ever been super drunk. I'm just hearing the screams too. Oh, we'll go. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, you know, like you're, strung, you're trying <laughs> so hard to stay conscious sometimes. Yeah, and, slipping into the void. And if that's what hell is like, is when you're really drunk. Yeah, that's, that's the awful. worst. Yeah, <laughs> like, that's yeah. Awful. And then on top of that, hearing screams or, or seeing, and, like... And it's hot as Creatures with no faces. You yeah. know how much I hate being and hot. you're just always pissed off. Hell yeah. sucks. Yeah. Sounds like hell yeah. sucks. <laughs> Let's not go to hell. I think that's, that's the overall consensus. <laughs> yeah, right. Hell sucks. I don't think anything... I don't think anybody's arguing that. Well, I don't know. Oh, I guess people are. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you know, to each his own. Well, I actually have a couple of other stories uh, of uh, some hellish uh, near-death experiences. Okay. Or NDEs, as uh, you know. NDEs. They like to be called. Uh, this story is about a woman named Angie Finnamore. Uh, Angie Finnamore attempted suicide in January of 1991. The first thing she recalls after dying is being subjected to a life review, a phenomenon that's common to several descriptions of near-death experiences. Basically, your entire life unfolds in front of you in a series of images, and you relive the events from the point of view of the people you interacted with during each of these moments. You feel your actions. You feel how your actions made them feel. Wow. That's interesting. It is. After the life review ended, Finnamore remembers being surrounded in darkness that seemed to go on forever. She could make out figures of a group of young people nearby and blurted out, Oh, we must be the suicides. She realized she could communicate using thought alone, but also that no matter how much she tried, she could never make a connection with or elicit a response from any of the damned souls around her. At one point, she was banished to a different part of hell, one that resembled something more like an open field in which lost souls roamed about, fully able to communicate with each other, but too consumed by their own misery to engage in any sort of human interaction. Wow. It's this detail from Fenimore's account that brings to mind the revelation of Sister Josepha Menendez. 
She was an early 20th century Spanish nun who was directed by God to write a description of hell. She didn't want to on the account it would require her to visit hell and all, but she did it anyway. What she came back with included the same physical pain and torture by demons and such that you've come to know and love, but she swore that what the soul endures is far worse. In her hell, souls wander aimlessly, too consumed by grief and anger to ever know, love, or human connection again. Wow. Sister Menendez died at the age of 34 after just a few years of service in God's dedicated staff of travel reporters. Andy Finnemore is still around, though. This next story is about a man named Matthew Botsford. Okay. Matthew Botsford was standing outside in an Atlanta restaurant when a shot rang out. Two men who had been denied entry into the establishment moments earlier and what has to be one of the most over-the-top customer service freakouts of all time were indiscriminately firing at the front of the building. One of the bullets hit Botsford in the head. He remembers feeling a pain like a hot needle driving into his skull then falling to the pavement, at which point everything went black. He died three times, two and at the hospital before doctors finally put him into a medically induced coma that lasted for 27 days. Oh my gosh. His descriptions of the things he saw while in the coma are nothing short of terrifying. Things began with him shackled at his wrists and ankles, suspended in midair over a deep, glowing red pit. Inside the pit, four-legged creatures roamed the floor while smoke billowed up from the magma below. Mm-mm. Each plume of smoke contained exactly one tortured soul, suffering all alone. Wow. There's something else Bosford made note of, the isolation. All around him, he could hear the screams of millions of damned souls, but their company was meaningless because he understood that he was by himself and this would last for the eternity. He's kind of overstating the loneliness, though, because at one point, a team of demons showed up to eat his flesh right from the bone, only to have it immediately grow back so they could eat it again. Finally, he was spared when a gigantic hand reached through the wall and pulled him out. As it did, he heard someone say, it's not your time. Wow. What's so crazy to me is week after week, we read these stories, and a lot of times we don't really read... We don't know what the stories have in common. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, we don't read each other's we try to have stories a theme, beforehand. But, yeah, we try to have a theme, but we kind of, like, do our own little yeah, and research so into it. Yeah, and so what's crazy is how every week, it seems lately, they have so many things in common. Yeah, there's so many similarities in all of Yeah, like, stories. this yeah, one, cool. you know, like, they said that they had... I don't know, like, that, that last kind of story, he, he kind of touched on so many of the, the countdown you had. Yeah. There's so many different things, like screams, the isolation, so very, uh, the demons eating it. Yeah, it was very similar, and it's cr- it seems to be that there's, like, a little theme. And sadness and loneliness. Yeah. Yeah. Isolation, just very creepy. Yeah, that all sounds terrible and terrifying. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it at all. Well, there you go. What do you think about the near-death experiences in hell? You know, that's yeah. a different perspective than the... The bright light and the warm, glowing family reunion, you know. Have you ever had a near-death experience? Yeah. Has anyone out there ever had a near-death experience? You want to tell us about it? Please do. Yeah, hit us up at uh, Haunted Haze Podcast at gmail.com. And on Instagram and Facebook at Haunted Haze Podcast. Yeah, hit us up. Let us know about your near-death experience. Yeah, send us anything you have. Just send it to us. And uh, we would love to, you know, 
tell your story if you would allow us. You yeah, know? absolutely. Let's know. Uh, still suggestions? Uh, we still have verses oh, yeah. that we're working on? For sure. Uh, uh, so anyway, so speaking of segments, you got any segments for this week? Oh, yeah. So uh, I do have some freaky facts, actually. So um, this is similar to the near-death experience thing. Okay, so uh, actually 13 million Americans a year have a near-death experience. Wow. That's about 774 per day. Wow, per day. 774 yeah. per day. It's Just in America. That's crazy. And you kind of touched on this on one of your stories, but it's very common for people to have a life review. And, you know, we love to say, like, you know, you, my life flashed before it my eyes. That, yeah. You know, and I would... Honestly, I wish that I could have that anytime. I would love to be able to relive some memories. Yeah. yeah, Facebook memories. Like, every like like there's certain uh, birthdays you achieve, you get to, then you get like a recap. Yeah, that would be Where so exciting. And then also, eighty five percent of children who undergo cardiac arrest have a near death experience. Oh God! So like Man. it's super sad already and to like, think kids that. Kids go through cardiac arrest. Yeah, that's true. But it's really, that's a high percentage that 85% of them have a near-death experience. That is very high. I didn't expect 13 million Americans a year uh, to experience. Yeah, you would think that that would be more common. Uncommon, I mean. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. So it just seems like everyone's coming back with a crazy story. Yeah. It It should be in the news more, maybe. I don't know. Maybe we should be talking about this more. We should talk, be talking about people's experiences. I don't know. Seems, but there's also these uh, a lot of similarities. So it yeah. seems like you know people are experiencing the same thing. You know, or the same place at least. It does. It seems it's creepy how they all experience the same thing. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. For sure. It gives it a lot of facts. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well. You want some news for the week? Oh, I do. I so, do. headline news. <laughs> so, special delivery. In Ottawa, Canada, police were baffled when the human foot was delivered to the Conservative Party headquarters in a blood splattered package. Weirder still, a few hours later, a severed hand was found in a similar container at a mail sorting facility, though its destination was never officially stated. As if it weren't enough, however, Montreal police also reported a strange case of human remains. Literally, a suitcase containing a human torso was found outside an apartment building the same day. Although a connection between the three parts were suspected, no official link has been acknowledged. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, some night school news. A A literacy teacher in St. Petersburg, Florida, was jailed after she was caught encouraging teenagers to cut and burn themselves as part of a nighttime exorcism ritual conducted at St. Petersburg Pier. According to police, yeah, according to police, the teacher instructed the students to cut themselves to drive demons out of their bodies and then cauterize the wounds using heated keys or even perfume as a makeshift fuel to keep them from returning. The true motive behind the ritual is unknown. Uh, In Memphis... Locally in Memphis. Yeah, hometown. Uh, resident Shania Isom was given steroids for an allergy attack in 2009, a totally standard treatment. For the last few years, however, her body has undergone one of the strangest allergic reactions in medical history. 
all of her hair follicles on Isom's body have begun to create 12 times the normal amount of skin cells. Now the hair on her head and body has instead been replaced with human nails, rendering her unable to walk or even sit up. Her doctors have been completely stumped, but a variety of treatments have improved her condition to a small degree, and she is now able to walk with a cane. I'm so that's glad the news for the week. I'm so glad that <laughs> she is able to walk, but that, oh my god, that is so awful. That's an awful sounding story. I, that's in that's in Memphis. That's really interesting. Yeah. I haven't really heard about that. Uh, talked about much. No, I've never heard that before. That's really interesting. It just could you imagine? You it reminds me of that picture. Uh, from that show where that, that monster had the teeth all over him? Oh my gosh, I hated yes, that so, so bad. I had nightmares about it. That's what that story unfortunately reminds me of. That poor lady, I feel so sorry me for Me too, and we are not making fun. No, not at all. I feel terribly sorry Yeah, for me it just, too. It just reminded me, like, listening to that story and hearing, like, teeth and nails all over this woman. It, that's just what it reminded me of. That's hell. Yeah, for sure, that's a hell, for sure. So, All right, so you ready to bring it back? I it's am. versus. Versus, it's yeah. back. The so we're going to pick one scary thing. thing. I guess another scary thing. Which one's scarier? Yeah, which one do we think is scarier? So this week I'm going to let you pick. All right, uh, because the I'm going to be honest. I don't know who's. It is the super duper secret box. Popping the top. All right, here it we go. It is bejeweled. I don't what does it say? Hopefully it's a good one. Here we go. I hope it's a good one too. Yeah, always good, really. And we, you know, we're still taking submissions. Oh, this is ghosts versus cryptids or creatures. Ooh, ghosts versus creatures. Ghosts versus creatures. Well, immediately I'm gonna say off the top of the dome, creatures, cryptids. Yeah. That's yeah. scarier. Yeah, I'm. A, I'm. A, yeah, I'm definitely. On Monsters that live in the dark. Who knows? You know, they don't know. They're wild animals. Yeah, right. You don't know what you're dealing yeah, with. Yeah, ghosts just kind of stay put. You know, and there's <laughs> friendly ghosts like Casper. <laughs> yeah, friendly ghosts. Yeah. yeah, ghosts typically just kind of stick to themselves. It's demons and what you really have to worry about, which cryptids always kind of seem to have like a, a lot of them have a, like a demonic presence about them. For sure. Like the Wendigo or the Jersey Devil. Absolutely. So those are really, really scary. And... Ghost might Sasquatch. not be so bad. Yeah, ghost. Sasquatch can probably rip my body in half. Yeah, I feel like I could probably live with a ghost. I yeah. can live with a creature. Right? Absolutely really, right. Yeah. Like, yes. Yeah, it can, oh, don't go in that bedroom. That's where we keep the cryptid. Well, creatures that we know of, for sure, like a bear, right? That's terrifying. If that is terrifying. Bear was terri- yeah, if that's chasing me in the wood, I'm super terrified. Let I mean, alone if it's some... Swamp I enough. Yeah, okay. that would be so awful, and I don't even want to think. It's like honestly, ghosts. Yes, let's not like completely brush them away. They are scary, but not necessarily. Like we're talking about what's scary. Yeah, ghosts can be scary. Like I think, just I mean, if I was to see a ghost, like just full apparition, it would definitely startle me, no matter what time of day it was. Uh, You're right, but. 
If I was so to see a terrifying creature, no matter what time of day it was, I would be terrified and just want to go get my gun or something. That <laughs> might be one of the times where I'm so scared that I just ascend straight to death. <laughs> you just die again and go straight yeah. down? Okay. Yeah, so that might happen if I see a cryptid, just so you know. All right, well, yeah, so I guess uh, cryptids are definitely going to be scary for us. But we want to know what you think. Yeah, tell us what you think. Which one's scarier, ghosts or cryptids? Yeah, for sure. We want to know. Please, like we said, email us at hauntedhazepodcast at gmail.com. You know what's interesting about cryptids is there's so many of them. You're we, right. we got an episode coming up that we're going to do about cryptids, actually. So Yeah, I'm excited about cryptids, that. Keep a, keep a lookout for that one. Also, yeah, there's so many yeah, cryptids. Yeah, they're very very common unfortunately in different areas yeah for sure which give, makes it even scarier but not gonna lie yeah they're everywhere cryptids are everywhere in the mid-south you know when i was a kid i'd go camping i would lie awake at night because my parents told me that's where sasquatch lived <laughs> and so i would Wait be so wouldn't be more bigfoot down here though like wouldn't be more bigfoot in this area what would we call them Sasquatch is more like Pacific Northwest. Pacific Northwest. So down here it's Bigfoot. Is it a Bigfoot down here? <laughs> I'm okay with that. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, you know. So that, I would names? be real scared of it. Daryl. Daryl. That's his. I think that is his name going forward. Daryl. Daryl. Yeah, that's yeah. his legit name. Mister <laughs> Daryl. Mister Daryl Sasquatch Bigfoot. I think just Daryl. We're getting off on a yes, a crazy we are. Tangent. We are. But please come back for episode eight. It's going to be a good one. Yeah, I hope you uh, enjoyed this episode. Uh, you know, uh, definitely with something more on the dark side, a little more, you know, heavy subject matter when it comes to hell, for sure. For sure. But, you know, we, like I said at the beginning, we got our Palo Santo burning, and I feel good. Oh, uh, yeah, we feel good. I feel like. You uh, know, it's probably not the three glasses of wine I've drank. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Getting in the mood, yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening. Please come back for episode eight. Let us know what you think. Give us your suggestions. Yeah, thank you so much. Uh, We'll see you for episode eight. Uh, Peace out. Peace out. Stay haunted.